Hello, and welcome back to Newfound Pod, a bite-sized podcast about Newfoundland. I'm your host, Debbie Wiseman. This is episode 14, Giant Squid of Newfoundland. Newfoundland holds a few Guinness World Records. The first transatlantic flight, the first European settlers in North America, the earliest record of animal tracks, from 565 million years ago, by the way, and the world's largest squid. That giant squid was caught by fishermen in Thimble Tickle Bay, which is now known as Glover's Harbor, in 1878. Now, when I first started this tale, I thought it was similar to the mermaid story I shared with you all in one of my early episodes. But it turned out this wasn't an early version of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. It was a true story, and there's a life-size sculpture of the beast out in Glover's Harbor. They even have a celebration for it every year. While researching, I was surprised and a little horrified to find out that these monsters of the deep are actually quite common in Newfoundland. The Glover's Harbor squid was estimated to weigh just over two tons, with tentacles 35 feet long, suckers on the tentacles measuring four inches across, and the body itself was 20 feet wide. In 2001, sculptor Don Folds designed and built that life-sized steel and concrete replica of the squid to be displayed on the beach in Glover's Harbor. I'll have photos on the blog. And in 2011, Canada Post made a postage stamp with the squid on it. It's safe to say he's one of the most famous squid around. The fishermen found that guy washed ashore on the beach, but there are a lot more stories of fishermen doing battle with the beasts on their own turf. A few years before the Glover's Harbor incident, in 1873, two fishermen and the young son of one of the men were fishing Conception Bay when they saw a dark mass in the water that they thought might have been wreckage of some sort. They got closer to see what they were dealing with. One of the men poked the mass with his boat hook, only to find out they'd come upon what some called the devil fish. It immediately went into attack mode, wrapping its long tentacles around the boat and threatening to pull it down, surely killing everyone on board. The older men were in shock, but the young boy sprung into action, grabbing an axe and chopping off the tentacles that held the boat. The creature soon gave up and retreated to the depths of the ocean. They brought the nearly 20-foot-long tentacles home with them as souvenirs. One was lost, but the boy kept the other one as a sort of trophy. The family was told of a man named Dr. Moses Harvey, who might be interested in the tentacle for scientific reasons. So they took it to St. John's, and the boy was paid $10 for it. Remember, this is 1873. That was a lot of money. The tentacle, though, was really priceless, because it was the evidence Dr. Harvey had been searching for to prove the existence of the giant squid. Later, he wrote, I was now the possessor of one of the rarest curiosities in the whole animal kingdom, the veritable arm of the mythical devilfish about whose existence naturalists had been disputing for centuries. I knew that I held in my hand the key of the great mystery, and that a new chapter would be added to natural history. Just three weeks later, Dr. Harvey was informed of another squid, this time almost completely intact, and that had been captured in Logie Bay. The fishermen had caught it in their net, and they were about to set it free before it brought their boat down under water, when one of them slashed it about the head and killed it. They then brought it into shore. When Dr. Harvey showed up, they were happy to get rid of it and told him that they wouldn't want to go through that ordeal again for all the money in the world. Dr. Harvey paid them for the squid and brought it home, keeping it in a shed in his backyard in a solution of brine, 
Though this creature was smaller than the first one, with a six-foot-long body and twenty-five-foot tentacles, it was still quite an attraction, as people came from all around to have a look at it. Dr. Harvey was even contacted by P.T. Barnum, who wanted to purchase the squid for his greatest show on Earth. Dr. Harvey wrote numerous scientific papers on the squid and sent samples around the world. In 1882, a giant squid from Newfoundland was on display in one of the most popular museums in New York. Wooden posters were all over the city. Come and see the devilfish from Newfoundland. A funny little aside that I read in Newfoundland Adventures was that St. John's had two daily newspapers at the time, the Evening Telegram and the Evening Mercury. The editors would take swipes at each other, and this was printed in the Mercury at the time. Some people here who examined this woodcut say that one of the sufferers grappled by the devilfish has a striking resemblance to the head editor of the Evening Telegram, his photograph being forwarded along with the fish, but we are unable to concur in this opinion. The figure in the woodcut is not nearly as handsome. Tongue planted firmly in cheek, I'm sure. Many more stories were told of encounters with the devilfish through the rest of the 1800s and up through the 1900s as well. The last one I could find on record was in 1993. Jack Fitzgerald collected quite a few of these stories, so if you want to hear more, I'd suggest purchasing his book. The link will be on the blog. I'll also have some photos and videos on the blog, and links to check out more about John Squid if you're interested in that kind of thing. So that's it for me for this episode. As you probably noticed, I didn't stick to a schedule. With my health issues, I'm finding it increasingly difficult to stick to a schedule, so I'm just going to say I will be releasing two episodes a month. I won't say for certain what day or how long in between, just that you will get two episodes every month. In the meantime, if you have a topic that you want covered, and it's something that I can cover in under 10 minutes, drop me a line at newfoundpod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. A special thanks to my latest Patreon supporter, Krista. Thanks, Krista. And thank you, everyone, and I'll talk to you soon.